welcome also from my side. It's great to have you here tonight, and um, thankful that the weather has changed and turned, uh, although it's very warm. Um, just grateful that we, as we go into new seasons, also we can trust God for new seasons in our own souls and our own lives. Um, we are busy with a sermon series. Those of you who are visiting us or maybe haven't been here for the last couple of weeks, we're busy with a sermon series called Emotions. And someone uh, said this morning to me, imagine if we were governed or ruled by our emotions, how our lives would look. Imagine if you acted on every emotion that you experienced. Can you think over the last 24 hours, just every emotion that you experienced? How would your life have looked if you've acted on every one of them? What would you have done? And to whom would you have to apologize? Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> so during this uh, series, we don't want to dismiss emotions. I mean, emotions is real. The worst thing you can tell someone is, ah, oh, that's not that bad. You shouldn't feel that way. The emotions that we're feeling is real. So we don't want to dismiss emotions, but we do want to look at how do we biblically handle emotions. In a certain sense, emotions is a gift, of, gift from God. It's the way that He created us. So emotions is not a bad thing. We just have to steward it well. And during this series, we're looking not just how do we deal with certain emotions, but how do we submit these emotions onto God. And the last couple of weeks, we've already spoken about anger and hurt. And tonight, we're going to speak about emotion that I believe is so prevalent that I believe all of us have faced this emotion. It's a very strong emotion that we face on a regular basis and, and very often on a daily basis. And tonight we're going to speak about anxiety. <laughs> I believe that was an anxious whoop. But as South Africans or people who are living in South Africa... We are professionals in anxiety. We are well equipped and familiar with the emotion of anxiety. I mean, think about the Rugby World Cup. Who of you really followed this? Watched every game, okay. Or at least when the Springboks played. Let's for a moment relive that last three games. If you wanna speak about anxiety, Man, there was anxious moments. Each game winning with one point almost in the last minute. It was just extreme. People were having sweat outbreaks. Some guys had to change their shirts at half time. There was heart palpitations. Honestly, I had a friend, his smartwatch went off and warned him that his heart rate is too high. Anxious moments. And when there was this final whistle, there were shouts of joy and tears of relief. I remember the one evening we were playing against England and we're streaming the rugby. And obviously our neighbors is not streaming the rugby. They, they are receiving live feed like 30 seconds in front of us or before us. So we're sitting there anxious. And they will hear them shout. And it creates more anxiousness because we don't know what they're shouting about. <laughs> anxious times. But we don't just get anxious about sport. There's some other things that make us anxious as well. Some of you are busy with exams. And this is a really stressful, anxious time for you. This is anxiety that comes with exams being tested being tested to know, are you good enough, or will you fail? There's this emotion and stress with it, with exams. Some of us are very anxious about the future. You're not sure what's ahead of you. You're not sure what next year would look like. If you think beyond next year, you're not sure about a future in our country. You're not sure about the safety. As a young person in our nation, is there a future for you? 
Where will he find work? What will he do? Anxious about the future. Some of you are anxious about marriage. Wondering if you'll find someone. When will you find someone? Some of you are already married and you've already faced some realities and you're, you're anxious. Is this how it's going to be? There's something about relationships that makes us anxious. And although it's far away for you, one day you're going to have kids. And you're going to be anxious about their future. Some of us are anxious about our health. For whatever reason, you're facing a certain prognosis, a certain diagnosis. You don't know why, you don't know what's causing it, but you're anxious about your health. Some of us, I believe most of us, are anxious about finances. Will I have enough this month? Will I be able to pay everything? Where will I get finances? Where will, how, will it be enough? Will I someday have enough to retire? Will I be able to do everything that I wish to do? Where is the finances going to come from? Is there enough? These are very real things that makes us anxious. Some of us are struggling with mental health. Struggling with our thoughts and our emotions and, uh, and going through certain things and it makes you anxious. There's this anxiousness about being good enough. Am I good enough? Am I just a fraud pretending? Anxiousness to be found out, to be exposed. What causes anxiety in your life? If you for a moment have to forget about the exams, forget about the future, and just, just for a pause, what is, what is causing anxiety in your life? And what do you feel most anxious about? What keeps you awake at night? We're going to look at a specific encounter between Jesus and his disciples. And we're going to look at this encounter. What do we see about anxiety and how we call to deal with anxiety? If you have your Bible with you, I would love you to turn to Matthew 8. We're going to read together. It's a really familiar scripture. I pray that as we look at this familiar story, that it will, our familiarity will not take away that what God, I believe God wants to speak into our lives tonight. So let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word. As always, Lord, we believe your word is faithful and your word is true and that your word is powerful once we apply it. And therefore, Lord, I pray tonight that you would by your spirit come and guide us in your truth. May you guide my words and may you guide our understanding to hear your voice and to know that what you want to speak into our lives today. I pray that we'll not be familiar just with your word, Lord, but that you would enlighten your word tonight and speak to our hearts, Lord. And I pray that your word will bring change to our lives, that it will not just be another growth and knowledge, but that it will bring a change in our hearts and our minds that will see a change in the way that we live. So, Lord, we submit this evening unto your word. And, Lord, we pray and we ask, Lord, you come and teach us. Lead us in your truth for your name's sake and your glory. We ask this in your wonderful name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So we're going to read together. This is a story of where Jesus calms the storm. Matthew 8, verse 23. Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a ferocious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are going to drown. 
isn't this a, a picture of anxiety? If we look what's happening here, it says, suddenly there was a storm. They didn't get on the boat and they're on the horizon, there might be a storm. You don't get onto the boat if you think there's going to be a storm. They got into the boat and they thought this is going to be a pleasure cruise. We're going to the other side. If you read the context, they're about to go and have a rest. And suddenly, there's a storm. Anxiety doesn't give us a warning. It doesn't give us a heads up. Anxiety doesn't give us a courtesy call. Hey, I'm going to visit you by Wednesday. Just prepare. Suddenly, there's this emotion of anxiety. And you wonder, where is this coming from? You feel anxious and you feel this pressure. Anxiety is always sudden. But we see that this wasn't just a storm. It was a furious storm. There was raging waves and sea and, and there was winds. Now think about a raging storm. It's loud. And it's, it's unbearable. When we face anxiety, there's this noise in our minds. There's raging accusations and questions. Why is this happening? What is happening? What caused this happening? When will it end? What, how will it end? Why? Am I doing enough? Am I not doing this? Is this my fault? Why is people doing this? It's just this raging accusations and questions upon questions. When's this going to change? Is it going to change? What do I have to do? Would it not be better if I wasn't here? Raging accusations and questions, so much so. But that's the only noise that we hear, and we lose complete objectivity. We just lose objectivity. So much so that the storm, the waves, overtook the boat, swept over the boat. And when we really face anxiety, when there's this noise of accusations and questions, anxiety makes us feel completely overwhelmed. It pacifies us. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But I wonder if you've experienced anxiety like this. Just suddenly, this raging noise, loose objectivity, and you feel completely overwhelmed to the place where it pacifies you. And then the disciples, in the middle of this storm, they turn to Jesus and they say, save us for we are going to drown. If you don't lose something, we're going to drown. This is their conclusion. We are going to drown. See, we become anxious about the things and situations where we have no control over the outcome. This is what creates this anxiety. If you don't do something, we're going to drown. We become anxious about the things and situations we have no control over the outcome. And we, when we don't have control, we feel unsafe. And that's what's causing anxiety. That's what makes us anxious. We feel unsafe because we have no control. So again, I want to ask you tonight, what do you feel most anxious about? It's probably the thing where you have the least control over. So he comes to Jesus. Jesus, if you don't save us, we're going to drown. Jesus replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up, rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed, and which is a funny moment. I mean, they turned to Jesus, asked him to calm the storm, and when he comes to storm, they go, wow. <laughs> but they were amazed, and they asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Now, this is an unexpected response of Jesus. I mean, think about it. The disciples have been traveling with Jesus for quite a while. They've already seen and witnessed the miracles that Jesus is doing. They are well aware that Jesus is able 
to change the storm, that Jesus is, to do, is able to do miracles. So they do what any one of us would do in this situation, what any one of us do when we face a storm. They turn to the God that they believe can do miracles. And they ask him, God, would you save us? This is a fairly normal request for a Christian. God, would you help? What does Jesus do? You of little faith, why are you so afraid? It's an unexpected response. As Christians, does God expect us not to become anxious about things? Does God expect us not to become anxious about things that we face? Or is Jesus dealing with something else? Why is Jesus challenging their faith? What about their faith is Jesus exposing in this moment? We get a little bit of insight as to what Jesus is addressing by looking at Mark's account of what's happening here. Maybe Matthew was a little bit more gracious towards the disciples, but listen what Mark says in Mark 4. The disciples woke Jesus. This is the same account uh, of the, the storm. The disciples woke Jesus and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? See, the disciples had faith in what Jesus could do. They just didn't have faith in his willingness to do it. In the middle of the storm, they're not questioning his ability to save, they're questioning his will to save. In the middle of the storm, they're not having a lack of faith in what God can do, they're having a lack of faith in who God is. Do you not care? Can God be trusted? Is God good? Does God care for me? And how can God allow the storm? They're not questioning God's ability. They're questioning His character. Is God good? The problem is, the disciples became so focused on the furiousness and the raging storm and the waves that's overwhelming them that they forgot who's in the boat with them. They failed to, to recognize that Jesus is right there with them in the storm. Now, if I say Jesus is there, I'm not saying merely a man that can do miracles. I'm not saying someone who's an answer to the problem. What they failed to recognize is in the boat with them is the Son of God. Does God care? He cared enough that he was willing to send his son. Does God care? He cared enough that he was willing to become a man and to live a life that we could never live. And this man is right there in the boat with them in the storm. Son of God. See, the fact that they're going through the storm does not mean that God's not good. It does not mean that God cannot be trusted. And it does not mean that God doesn't care. He is right there with them. It's not just another man that does miracles. He's there with them in the storm. But he's sleeping. I don't know about you, but sometimes it feels like God is sleeping in my life. Jesus is sleeping. Have you thought about the significance of Jesus sleeping in the middle of the storm? The contrast between the disciples. He has grown men crying out, scared for their life. We are going to drown. This is a fearful moment. There's a raging storm. And they're anxious. 
And here on the other side, same storm, same intensity, same raging sea, same accusation, the wind and everything that's happening. And Jesus is sleeping. Think about the significance of this. How could Jesus sleep through a storm? I know some of you are studying and you're really tired and you're sleeping through the sermon. (laughs) But this was a storm. How could Jesus sleep through a storm? Psalm 4 beautifully says, Psalm 4 verse 8, In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Jesus is sleeping because he's completely trusting the Father. He's sleeping for he knows you alone, Lord, makes me dwell in safety. He's completely trusting the Father. He knows the will of the Father. He knows the Father is good and he knows that this is not his time. Therefore, he's able to sleep. And his whole life, Jesus completely trusted God. Far more than we trust God. His whole life is a testimony about trust in God the Father. Trusted enough that he was willing to come to earth. To live as a man. Trusted him enough that he completely obeyed God. That he was completely dependent on the Father. Once that Jesus says, I did nothing that I didn't see the Father do. Completely obedient, completely dependent on the Father. He trusted him enough that he did not resist being captured, humiliated, and beaten by those, the very beings that he helped create. He resisted. Trusted God enough that he was willing to take the punishment of sin on himself. Can you imagine being punished for the sins of this world and still trusting that God is good? He was willing to die. Trusted God enough that he would go through unimaginable suffering and die. Knowing that he would have to trust God, that God would raise him again from the dead. His whole life is a testimony of trusting God. Jesus far more trusted God than we can ever trust him. And whenever we believe, whenever we struggle to believe, does God care? Is God good? We need to turn to Jesus. Because he is the proof that God cares. Whenever we struggle to trust God, we turn to the cross because the cross is the testimony. Whatever this world is throwing at you, whatever this accusations in your mind might be, the cross testifies God cares about you. Enough that he would send his son. Enough that he would go through unimaginable pain and suffering so that you do not have to be afraid. God is absolutely concerned about your eternal destiny. Does God care? Yes, he does. Is God good? Yes, he is. Even when you don't feel like it. Because there's a cross that testifies to this. There's there's an empty grave. So how do we deal with anxiety? See, our answer to dealing with anxiety is very simple. It's usually a storm-free life. This is our answer. How do we deal with anxiety? We try to avoid storms at all costs. Because if there's no storms, there will be no anxiety. 
And when there's storms, we want the storms to go away as quickly and as fast as possible. Because we believe our anxiety is rooted in the storm. But this is an unrealistic expectation. See, we live in a broken world. And because of the sin of this world, there will always be storms of life. It's an unrealistic expectation to think that every time there's a storm, it will just go away. Our peace is not rooted in the absence of storms. It's rooted in something else. Because of the brokenness of this world, all of us will face moments of injustice. All of us will go through moments that's unfair. All of us will go through moments that we feel that shouldn't have happened to me. All of us will face moments where because of other people's sin, we are going through difficulty. We are facing a storm of the injustice of this world. Because of the sin of this world, where all of us will face sickness. At one stage, you will go through difficulty. All of us will face relational challenges. And you will never have enough money to feel safe. As a young person, do trust God for what He wants to do in your life. And do trust Him for His provision. And some of you, God is going to grace to do great things for the kingdom of God by raising funds and being generous. But you'll have, never have enough money to feel safe. Money is not going to bring us safety. And you'll never be powerful enough to control all circumstances. And you'll never be able to completely trust God. So thinking a storm-free life is the answer to anxiety would be an unrealistic expectation. Feeling anxious is a normal response to the storms of this life. I don't think God is asking us to never be anxious. But I do believe God is challenging us not to live anxiously. I do believe God equips us to deal with anxiety so that it doesn't become the ruling emotion in our lives. Anxiety is a normal response to the storms. But how we deal with anxiety in the storm is based on what we believe. After Jesus calmed the storm, they were amazed and they asked, what kind of man is this? What kind of man is this? See, when we feel anxious, we need to turn away from the storm. We need to turn away from this thing that's stealing our attention, which making us lose our objectivity, this thing that's overwhelming us. For a moment, we have to turn our eyes away from that, and we have to turn our eyes to Jesus, and we have to answer the question, what do I believe about this man? Because what you believe about Jesus will determine how you deal with anxiety in the storm. All of us need to answer, answer the question, what do I believe about Jesus? It's easy to sing songs of praise and to say God is good when life is good. But what do you believe about God when you're going through a storm? Because if we believe that this is true, if we believe that He is the Son of God, that He is the Savior of the world, that He has come and He set us free, that He has taken sin upon Himself, that we are forgiven and restored back into relationship with God. If we say this is true, then no matter what you go through in this life, you are never alone. Never alone. Because He's poured out His Spirit. And everyone who accepts Him as Lord and Savior receives something of God in you and you are never alone. And you can go through the darkest valley and the difficultest time of this world knowing that God is with you. 
I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. There's something incredibly powerful knowing that God is with you. A couple of years ago, I was diagnosed with, with um, COVID. And um, I ended up in the hospital. Some of you know the story. And there was one evening where I, I honestly thought I was going to die. And I'm not making it light. I greet my family and my kids. And it was that time people were dying all around us. The hospitals were full. People were dying in the, in the hallways. And there was one evening I, I honestly thought I was going to die. And I had probably one of the most tangible, real experiences of God that I've ever had in my life. And the best way that I can describe it is there was this, this, this sense of God's presence in that room. Whatever, uh, the best I can explain it is a sense of His hand on my chest. And I, and I felt God say, I'm with you, Jonathan. Never once did I hear him say, you're going to be okay, you're going to be healed, I'm busy. <laughs> it's one of the realest moments I've ever had with God. I'm with you. And it was enough. And the next moment, I experienced the peace of God that transcends all understanding. It's not something that I've done for myself. It's not something that I, this great courage that I conjured for myself. It was just God's hand and His presence on me. And I experienced something of His peace. What do you believe about Jesus? Because if He is the Son of God, then you are never alone. If He is the Son of God, then God is good. And God can be trusted. And like Jesus, we can turn to God in every and any circumstances and we say, God, not my will, but your will be done. Because you are good. There's an empty grave and a cross that testifies of your goodness and your love. And therefore, I will trust you in this season. Whatever you're allowing, you will always be good. Not my will, but your will be done. And if this is true, that Jesus did really raise, rose from the dead, that he really defeated sin, that he really defeated death, then he is the Lord of lords, that he is all-powerful, and that he deserves all glory and honor. And there is no higher authority than the Lord Jesus Christ. If this is true, and this is what you believe, then even anxiety needs to bow in front of it. We are never alone. God is good, and He will rule over our emotions. And in the moment of the storm, I go, God, would you rule over my anxiety? I submit under your authority, and would you give me your peace? If we are able to do that, if we are able to answer the question, what do you believe about Jesus? And you conclude that he is the son of God, the Lord of Lords. Then we cannot but in that moment go, Lord, I give over. I cannot be in control. So I cannot be anxious. Because you cannot be in control anymore. And we give over control to Jesus by knowing that he is with us because he's our Lord and Savior. By submitting to his will, not my will, but your will be done, and submitting our anxiety to, our, to his authority. And then we discover the peace of God. Is God able to change the storm? Is God able to calm the storm? Yes. But more importantly, God is able to calm anxiety and give you peace in the midst of the storm. Because our anxiety is not rooted in the storm. Our anxiety is rooted in our trust in God. Is God good?
intimacy with him. What are you most anxious about? Can you tonight bring that to God? Can you bring that thing that you're anxious about and you replace the question, what do I believe about Jesus next to it? And can you from that place go, God, thank you that I'm not alone. I trust you. You are good. But you rule over my anxiety and bring me peace. Because when we hand over like this, we experience the peace of God. There's a practical prayer that I want us to pray tonight. The prayer is, thank you, Lord, that you are with me. I hand over control of my life and my future to you. I trust you, Lord, and I submit to your will even when I don't understand it. And I submit my anxiety to your authority. Would you give me your peace? So I want to create a moment. I want to ask to close our eyes. And just for a moment, I want to give you an opportunity. This is not something we're going to do aloud. I'm not going to force you to pray this prayer. But I'm going to give you a moment to, to think over your anxiety. Think over those things that's causing you to be anxious and to answer the question, what do you believe about Jesus? And if you believe he's the son of God, Lord of all, then I want to encourage you to pray this prayer. Thank you, Lord, that you are with me. I hand over control of my life and future to you. I trust you, Lord. Submit to your will even when I don't understand it. And I'm a, I submit my anxiety to your authority. Would you give me peace? That's where you are. Let's pray. Just on your own. Just reflect over this and pray. I also want to create a moment this evening if you if you're battling with anxiety if you want to declare tonight Lord I believe that you are good choose to trust your will choose to submit to whatever is happening in this season and to hand over control and you want to say God I, I'm trusting that you would by your authority and power come and change my emotions if that's you I want you to stand in this moment just as a public declaration God I need you and I trust you thank you and what I want us to do now I want the rest of us to gather around the people that's standing and I want us to pray don't just want to pray that God would calm the storm. Let's pray prayers of faith. But may we pray now that the Holy Spirit will move and bring you peace. That you will experience peace in the midst of the storm. And we're just going to create a moment where we're going to pray for people. We're going to pray for each other. Because that's what God has called us to be, a spiritual family. To lift each other up when we are down, when we're struggling. So I want us to ask, let's stand, let's move around, gather around those. And let's intentionally pray now. Pray and ask for the peace of God to come over their lives.
Father, we thank you that we can know that you are good, that you are loving, that you are kind-hearted, and you've already demonstrated your mercy and love to us in so many different ways. But Lord, again tonight, we appeal to your goodness and your kindness and to your love. And we ask, Lord, that in this moment, we are trusting you, Lord. Would you forgive us for our unbelief? Would you forgive us for the moments where we fail to, to fully trust you, fully believe that you are good, to believe that you want to bring breakthrough for us? Lord, would you forgive us for this unbelief? But Lord, in this moment, we're saying there's no one like you, Lord. Our hope and our trust is in you alone. There's only one, one anchor for our soul, and that's you, Lord God. And Lord, as we come to you this evening, you know exactly what we're facing. You know exactly those things that's causing anxiety in our hearts, Lord. But Lord, we know you are greater than those things. And therefore, Lord, we appeal to you. Lord, would you bring breakthrough? Would you bring change to our lives? Would you bring change to this storm, Lord? But until you do that, Lord, would you bring peace to our hearts? Holy Spirit, we ask you now, based on your love and your kindness and what you've already done, Lord Jesus, that you would come and minister to our hearts. Would you bring us peace? Would you breathe new life over us in this moment? Settle the storm in our hearts. And may we experience your presence and the comfort of your peace in this moment. Ask us not because we are worthy, Lord, but because you are good. Fill us now with your peace, Lord.
thank you that you lead us through the storm, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that tonight as we heard, peace is not rooted in the absence of the storm, but in your presence, Jesus. And Lord, we want to be led by you. We want to be led through the storm in Jesus' name. Strange. 